Podcast friends, my name is David Lee, and you're listening to the Inspire Design Create Podcast, giving freelance filmmakers a voice, sharing their stories, and connecting the world of cinematography, commercial filmmaking, and starting your own business together. Let's go. Mic check. What up? I said, what up? Uh, what's going on, friends? Uh, we are back. Brand new podcast episode. I think I'm sticking with this microphone. Uh, I don't know. You let me know uh, if I should stick with this microphone. I do need to upgrade my shotgun mic, though, um, for like dock work because I'm still using the NTG2, which is what this is. Um, so I'm thinking of renting the NTG5. I've never used it. Um, I've used the three. I've used um, the Sennheiser MK, I forgot which one, the 416. Um, so anyways, uh, but today we are talking about, again, just let me know if this, if this, if this microphone setup works, right? For like future podcast episodes, this is what everyone's been listening to thus far. Episode 55, right right now. Uh, but today we are talking about the ongoing and never ending debate is should you, uh, do you need a mirrorless camera? Do you need a cinema camera? Which market are you in? And what makes sense for you to actually buy and own, right? Like you own this camera. Uh, so I think for the most part, right? This is like 90% of, of you out there, maybe 95% of you out there. If you're doing, um, if you're still in a bracket of of, of day rates that's below $1,000, um, which I would consider like, you know, pretty low budget, one man band, maybe like you have one person assisting you, that's it, right? You're still doing like, all the lighting, you're still doing, you're, you're bringing C-stands and everything, right? Um, you don't need a cinema camera. I don't care what anyone on YouTube says, and 90, 99% of people on YouTube aren't even working professionals, right? That 1% of people on YouTube that you never see their videos because they never pop up, uh, but they are, they are on YouTube. Uh, those are like working professionals, right? Again, even if they're, um, even if they are still doing low budget and medium budget and high budget stuff like they're kind of all over the place at least they're working professionals right so so again i don't care what anyone on youtube says or what instagram says again if you are working below that 1000 mark minimum as your day rate don't need a cinema camera you know buy like a black magic pocket 6k buy a panasonic s1h um a sony fx3 right keep it small because at the end of the day you're still most likely bringing your lights, you're bringing your C stands or combo stands, you're bringing, um, uh, you're bringing your your entire camera package, right? You have a lot of shit that you're bringing with you. Uh, and especially if you're in an area where you can't, um, what's the word? Transportation is very limited, right? Like maybe you have to take the subway. I know guys that, that live in uh, New York, right? And they don't own a car. They have to like lug everything on a subway and that, that fucking sucks. So, um, you know, does it make sense for you to own a cinema camera? Um, at that price range, it doesn't, because nine out of ten times those those jobs don't even require one, right? They're they're just gonna hire you for whatever camera you have. Uh, they may have some kind of resolution requirement. You know, do you have a camera that has 4K? Every camera now has 4K, right? Uh, things like that. And and so again, if you are below that one thousand uh, dollar day rate bracket, don't worry about a cinema camera. And now once you start getting into the position where you um, you're as time goes on and your and your career progresses and you start getting booked as a DP or as a cinematographer for jobs and they require an Alexa package or a red package or an FX9 package or something similar to that, 
um, then that's when you start renting the cameras, right, for um, for the project. And and it's okay to rent it because you know again ninety percent of the time the production is already assuming that the camera is going to need to be rented. It's a plus if you own the camera, then you can um, then you can just tack that onto your rental rate and you make more income. So again, that's why certain DPs and cinematographers own a camera package because you know a couple years into it, they've noticed that they've been hired for you know Alexa Mini jobs or Red Gemini jobs or whatever it is, whatever camera package it is, they get hired for them a lot, and so it made sense for them over time to actually buy the camera and then they can add the um, the rental cost. Onto onto the project invoice, and so they make more money over time. Uh, but again, that that takes a while, right? So uh, once you start getting those those jobs, and you start seeing yourself renting the camera over and over and over again, then at that point, it may make sense for you to own a cinema camera, right? For you to actually invest, um, whether it's uh, fifteen thousand dollars or a hundred thousand dollars, right? Uh, so to kind of give you perspective, my FX9 package probably like out the gate, everything, the tilt to full cage, um, my small HD ND7, I still consider that the, my camera package, right? Because I don't use the onboard monitor. Um, uh, what else? Um, what is what I consider part of my camera package? Um, I wanna say that that's probably it, like like, like, like the tilt to full cage, um, the small HD ND7, uh, you can include batteries, that kind of stuff if you want, cold mount batteries, the tripod if you want. But I th- my, my actual camera package, minus the lenses, right, is still probably like $14,000, $15,000, right, total. Um, so so in that regard, like it made sense for me to upgrade to the FX9 um, as time has progressed, right? The FS7, again, there's still a lot of FS7 jobs out there. I still get them all the time. Um, but I'm thinking the future, right? The FS7 is outdated and I do see now FX9 jobs coming in, right? So for me as an FS7 owner, the most logical progression is FX9, right? Now for you, it might be different. For you, it might be Ursa Mini Pro. It might be um, a C500 Mark II. It might be Alexa Mini. It might be, you know, uh, maybe even an older red Epic Dragon package, right? Everyone is different. Everyone's needs are different. Everyone's market is different. Where you are in the world also um, matters too, because you might find a lot of like, you know, it, you might be in an area where a lot of people want to use like Canon cameras, right? C three hundred, C five hundred, C one hundred, whatever it is, right? C seventy might be an area where you know uh, Sony is is dominant. FS seven, uh, FX nine, Venice. So again, take catalog of like where you are in the world, take catalog of how far in your career are you. If you're still getting a lot of jobs where they don't give a shit what camera you have, then it doesn't make sense for you to, I mean, it might make sense, but for me, it, it wouldn't make sense to jump to a cinema camera, pay 15, 25, 30 grand for a camera that really isn't gonna make you any money back. You see what I'm saying, right? Like if you're still, again, $500 day rate, $550, $600, whatever it is, um, to bring to bring along your lighting package, your lenses, your camera, doesn't make sense for you to jump straight to like Alexa Mini Land, LF Land, right? Or Venice or Gemini. It, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, I feel like if you are going to own a camera, again, like, Rent the cameras first, please. So renting, yes, it might cost you $1,000 for like seven days, right? But 
$1,000 is much less of, of, a, um, of a hit to your wallet than $25,000. You know what I mean? Or the camera for seven days, maybe you have like a project coming up that you feel um, the budget may not necessarily be right there, but you're willing to take a little bit of a hit to rent the camera. And then with the time left you have with the camera, um, pre-plan something else you can shoot with it, right? Maybe it's a spec project. Maybe you want to do something with um, with like a, like a high quality spec food commercial or a car commercial or a fitness commercial or a short film, whatever it is, right? Like use the camera as much as you have during that time. Figure out what's good about the camera, what's bad about the camera, the pros and cons. Um, does this fit in your style of cinematography? Does it fit in your workflow? Um, or do you feel like you're going to be, is this going to be more of a hassle because once you return the camera, you're still back to shooting the one man band, the solo owner operator shoots, right? Does it make sense to have that camera or own that camera? Um, so yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, the takeaways are number one, look at your day rates, right? If you're still below that $1,000 bracket, just don't get a cinema camera, right? Like you, you don't need it. Um, number two, if you're, you know, three, four, five, six years in into your career and you've started to see that you've been renting, you know, certain certain cameras, um, then at that point, I think it, it, it's smart and intelligent to start looking at options for a cinema camera based upon the cameras you've been hired um, to shoot with as a DP or as a cinematographer. Right. Uh, and then number three, again, it's just, it's just financial. Right? Can even if you are at the point where you've been renting that camera. Um, do you still have a lot of debt to pay off? Do you have a mortgage? Are you looking to start a family and and maybe it's more important to uh, spend that twenty twenty five thousand dollars on uh, on 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 a house or whatever, right? Uh, you have to take the financial consideration first, right? Um, and I I would highly recommend if you can if you can avoid it, don't finance. A camera, right? So say say even if you're getting like an FX9 or something, right? Fifteen thousand um, dollars. I would do your best to just save up for it rather than trying to get a loan for it and then pay interest on it, right? Uh, it's a little bit different with the car because cars, you know, for the most part, a car is still going to cost you like thirty grand, right? So at that point, yes, it makes sense to like finance a car over. Uh, however long, five, six years, right? For four, no, four or five years, right? Uh, something like that. But but cameras depreciate so fast. They, they depreciate so fucking fast. Cars, same way too, right? Think of a, think of your camera as a car. As soon as you buy that shit, it's going to depreciate by like 50%, right? So save up for it. It may take you longer to save up for it, but like it's smarter and more intelligent if say over two years, you've saved up, you've saved up $15,000 and you've also been able to knock down your credit debt. You've, you've also been able to shop around for like, again, maybe maybe a house or a larger apartment for your family, uh, whatever the, the the case may be, right? It's better to save up for two years. And now you have $15,000 because within two years, there's probably other cameras that have come out at that point, right? Like that's a given. So then at least you have, um, uh, you have a cash amount, 15 grand or whatever, whatever the number is that you saved up with to say, okay, these are the cameras out now. These are the cameras I've been using in the past. Where Where is the middle ground? What is the best situation for me to purchase a camera based upon the savings that I've made that can make me money back in the long run and that is sort of um, future-proof, right? And so for, for me, that was the FX9 um, later on. Because again, I'm not at the point in my career right now where it makes sense for me to own like a Red Gemini 
um, a Monstro or uh, or an Alexa Mini or even like an Arian Mira, right? Even like old Amir- old Amiras like are still like forty grand or you know yeah forty fifty grand, yeah, probably forty grand something like that. Um, but you know it didn't it doesn't make sense for me to own those cameras yet. Uh, the FX9 does because of the versatility of a camera that I need from a documentary camera to a corporate camera to a commercial to narrative, right? I need a camera, music video, I need a camera that can that can that can really tick all the boxes. Um, and some and you know something I can use like I have a shoot have a uh, have a spec project that I'm that I am getting under the way for end of August and there's going to be stuff where uh, like fast moving stuff where I'm probably going to need autofocus for some of those things, right? Because it, it I'm sh- going to be shooting out of a car and it, I don't know how well it's going to work out like doing a wireless follow focus with someone else and then like, you know, the car is moving and stuff like that, right? It may just be better to use autofocus. I don't know. I might be wrong. But, you know, I need a camera that every now and then it's useful to have autofocus. Every now and then, right? And so the FX9 is like, you know, it, it made sense to me. Um, so I hope that guys, I hope that guys, I hope that helps you guys out, girls, whoever, whoever's watching. I don't even know what I'm talking about anymore because you're not watching this. You're listening to a podcast. You don't watch a podcast. Uh, but I hope that helped you guys out. I am making a return uh, to YouTube. I'm, I'm taking the the business mentality of the podcast and bringing it back to my YouTube channel. And uh, I know with YouTube, again, a lot of it is is product reviews, gear reviews, and comparisons, and how-tos. So I want to mix that in and incorporate it with what I feel is more useful, which is like the business side of being an owner-operator uh, along, along with like the breakdowns, the cinematography breakdowns, right? So that is something um, I am bringing back to, to YouTube probably at the end of the month. Um, my first YouTube video is going to be, you know, should you niche? I've talked about this on the podcast before, um, but I feel a lot of people out there still have that question. Like, should you niche or should you not niche, right? Should you just do everything or should you, um, specify one thing, right? And then, um, probably be another product review video coming out within that same time frame, end of July. And uh, yeah, I think that does it for for this episode. So again, if you have any questions, please send me a DM. I'd be more than happy to answer your questions. Uh, Subscribe to the podcast if you haven't, so you are notified of new content coming out every week at Garage Door Slammed. And again, like, rate the podcast. Let me know how I'm doing. Share it with your buddies. Share it with your homies and homettes. Let them them know about the podcast. And I will see you guys in the next podcast episode. Bye-bye.